Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, wa nasta'afiruhu, wa nu'minu bihi, wa natawakalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati a'malina, ma yahdihillahu falamudilla lah, ma yudlilhu falahadiyalah. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more, and many more. And after this, I ask you the same question I ask every single time, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. Here we are now just about two-thirds of the way into the semester. December is about a month away. And ask yourself, compare yourself with the beginning of the semester, and ask yourself what is different about yourself, if anything, or if a lot of things. What is different about your salah? Has your salah improved since the beginning of the school year? both in terms of quantity as well as in terms of quality. Again, that is something you control. Ask, when you make dua to Allah, do you make more dua to Allah today than you did at the beginning of the school year? And do you have more confidence that he is listening, that you have more confidence that he is answering? Do you have more confidence that he is answering to your satisfaction? And again, that is something that you control. That is up to you. And I understand it, all of us, we have busy lives. Sometimes we make our salah we, and we run, but the point is also do your dua. And this also gives us a hint when we have trouble making concentration, when we have trouble concentrating in our prayers because we're thinking about exams, because we're thinking about papers, because we're thinking about admissions or what else is happening in our lives or in our families and our society. And a way to help develop concentration in your prayer is not through your mind but through your heart. How? Focus on your need for Allah. I say many times, there is one thing that you and I possess that Allah Ta'ala does not have. For him is all that is in the skies and all that is in the earth. But there is one thing that you have that Allah Ta'ala does not have. And that is need. And so a way to connect to Allah Ta'ala is to give him your need. And so what are we saying? How do I make my salah more sincere? How do I make my salah more in terms of quantity? 
It relates to how much need I feel for Allah Ta'ala. And then when I'm making dua to Allah Ta'ala, maybe I'm making my usual duas, you know, grant me the best of this life, best of the hereafter, please grant me straight A's, please grant me this, please grant me this. And sometimes what happens is that we make this prayer and it starts becoming mindless, but you still should make the prayers because inshallah, even if your tongue is saying it, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will answer it. But look at how much need you feel for him. And in our instant gratification culture where I can just turn on my phone and get just about anything, it's easy for me to forget my sense of need. So how do I develop this sense of need? Look for those places in your life where you are feeling pain. Maybe you are feeling pain in some place related to your family. Maybe you are feeling pain someplace in relationship to your future, the unknown. Maybe you are feeling some pain in relationship to something you've done to someone or something someone has done to you, or something you are supposed to do but you didn't do, or something that was supposed to happen to you but didn't happen to you. Try to find those places in your heart where you feel pain. And then when you feel that pain, that pain is longing, yearning, thirst. And then you direct that to Allah Ta'ala. And think of that that suppose you have a loved one who has died, and some of us in this room know exactly the feeling, and you feel as though a part of you has been removed from you. Yesterday I found out that one of my teachers, his father had a stroke, and I found out that another of my teachers, her daughter, died. Imagine trying to bury your own daughter. And you feel like what? Like something has been torn out of you. That is the feeling of pain of the death of a relationship. That is the feeling of pain where something in your dunya has been taken away from you. And then you direct that to Allah Ta'ala. That you focus on the feeling of need. You focus on the feeling of loss. You focus on the feeling of hurt. And then you make dua to Allah Ta'ala with that pain, with that hurt. Whether it is for the person you lost or whether it's for good grades, that will become a much more sincere prayer and if you can do that in your salah, focus on your need for Allah, then you will have more concentration in your salah. So once again, two-thirds of the way into the semester, look at the condition of your dua. Look at the condition of your salah, and I've now given you a step on how to make it better, how to make it stronger. And then likewise, look at the condition of your character. Is your character the same as it was at the beginning of the semester? And I say this, and I've said this many times, that whatever you are now most likely will be what you are when you're 40 years old, inshallah. Meaning, if, inshallah, if Allah wills for you to live to be 40. Meaning your strengths and your personality will be the same. The weaknesses in your personality will be the same. You don't change. What makes you change usually? Something big in life. Like now you have a full-time job, you have to get up and be at work every single day at 8 o'clock when you didn't have to do that when you were a student. That will make you change. Or maybe you've had such a profound calamity in your life that it requires you to change. But otherwise, human nature is very elastic, meaning you try to pull it to change it and it bounces back unless you take control of it. And this is the narration attributed to Rumi, Molana Rum, where he says that the human self, the nafs, is like a wild animal that you're trying to domesticate. When you have a wild animal like a wild horse, it's going to keep jumping around on its own until you take the reins. But then having said all that, my beloved brothers and sisters, <clears throat> looking at what is taking place today. So here we are, just a little over a week until the election. 
And it's one of those big D-Day, doomsday type feelings for many people, what is gonna happen that day? Who is going to get elected that day? If she wins, well, the, the, the madness that he unleashed is still gonna be here. If he wins, then who knows what's gonna happen to all of us? And this, once again, is a question of the unknown, which we spoke about before. And what am I saying here? The first thing to appreciate is that you will always have unknown in your life. Starting with what's gonna to happen tomorrow, what's gonna to happen the next day, what's gonna happen on Yom Al-Qiyamah, on the Day of Judgment. And the default approach to have is trust. This doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. That there is a point in Bosnia where people were trying to have trust, and then there is the genocide in Bosnia. There is a point in Syria where people were trying to have trust, and then there's the massive chaos in Syria. So I'm not telling you that things will be okay. But I am telling you that you don't need to worry, because what will worry change? Unless you take your worry, which is a type of pain, and turn it into longing for Allah Ta'ala. You see the point? It's the same point. If you feel worry about your future, if you feel worry about what will happen in this society after the election, that is a feeling similar to the feeling of pain that we just spoke about, and you turn that into longing, directing it towards Allah Ta'ala. So what are we saying? That this unknown is a reminder to turn. But let's take it a step further. Let's think hypothetically of the worst case scenarios. That let's say he does get elected, and let's say the madness that we were all fearing is going to happen. What will be your first concern? Ask yourself, what will be the first thing that you will think about? Will the first thing you think about be what's going to happen with your academic future? Will the first thing that you think about be what is going to be happening with your family? Will the first thing that you're going to worry about think, uh, will, will the first thing that you're going to worry about be why does this always happen? Now, why am I making this point? So in the office, I invite every single one of you to come to talk about life, whatever it is, easy things, difficult things, or just to talk. But over and over again, students come with this very sincere problem. Why do these bad things always keep happening to me? Right. So many students, even just today, and the today is only halfway done, so many students yesterday, so many students all week, why do these bad things keep happening to me? And sometimes, not why do these bad things happen to me, I'll deal with it, why do they happen to my mom? Why do they happen to my brother? Why do they happen to my sister? Why do they happen to my father? Why do they happen to my uncle? And any of, every one of us knows this feeling at least a very little bit, right? Because we all know this is the design of this world. We always say this is a test, this is a test, this is a test, and we say that so much that it kind of loses, loses its meaning. But let's take a step back, first and foremost. Do I deserve to exist? Meaning, does Allah Ta'ala owe it to me to give me existence? Obviously not. Which means what? The fact that Allah Ta'ala gave me existence is a gift. Because he didn't have to do it. And sometimes you might be in such depression that you wish he didn't exist. But the fact that I exist is a gift from Allah. And you and I know this, but you have to really embody it. Do I need, did Allah Ta'ala need to make me Muslim? No, he didn't. He didn't owe it to me. 
that is also a gift. Do I need, or does Allah Ta'ala need to put me in this beautifully nice room, mashallah, in the peace and quiet, with the comfortable temperature? Obviously the answer is no, he did not have to do it for me. And what am I saying? That on the one side, yes, all these things are tests, but when you are going through that type of suffering or that type of questioning, the first thing you have to do is remember to force yourself to be grateful for what else is happening in your life. Unless you're sitting in a bed in nonstop pain 24-7, where in that case you can't even think about anything, then as therapy for yourself, as self-care for yourself, you have to force yourself to think and remind yourself about those good things that are there in your life. You and I all know this. We've heard it 100,000 times, but very few of us actually live it. Whether we talk about the beauty of the sun, whether we talk about the beauty of the weather outside, or whether we talk about the comfort of the room that we're sitting in. Why am I saying this? Because if I don't do it, then my view of life is gonna get worse and worse and worse, and that is torment that I'm giving to myself that I don't need to. See what I'm saying? I'm just saying, be grateful so you can be happier. Because if I ask each and every one of you to list for me all the difficulties in life, I'm sure all of you can list 10, each and every one of you could list 10 very serious things that are happening in your world, and they're very serious. But then if I ask you to list 10 wonderful things that are happening in your life, for some of us it's gonna be a challenge. Even though we know, yeah, yeah, Allah Ta'ala gives me everything and I can't count all my blessings, but you have to consciously do this. And you have to do it every single day. Because why? Otherwise, you're just going to turn sour and sour and sour. And I'm not even talking about being sour, I'm talking about why make yourself miserable if you don't have to be miserable. I'm not saying you have to jump around with flowers and be happy and sing Sesame Street songs. No, I'm saying this is just so you can be happy. And then we take it a step further. Sometimes what some of us need is to look at someone whose life is worse, right? I was having a really, really rough day yesterday because of other things that are happening in my world. And then I found out my teacher's daughter died. And then that just made me forget immediately all the stuff that was happening to me. Because I speak many times about how difficult it is to bury your child. The Prophet ﷺ buried at least five children in his lifetime. And even in terms of the data, you don't really ever recover when you have a death in the family. You move on, father, mother, brother, sister, but you really never, never recover when you bury a child. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, buried one, and then another, and then another, and then another. Some were adults like the wife of Uthman, some were children, like Ibrahim. And the point is that that pain is mind-bogglingly large, which, as much as my stuff that was, was disturbing me, suddenly vanished away. So the second point, the first point, is to force yourself to remind yourself on how to be grateful. And the second point is to look to people who have less dunya than you. Those people who seem like they have nothing compared to what you have. Those people who seem like they may be happy, they may not be happy, but their pain is greater than yours. 
and you feel it that it's less. Some cases, some people might even need to go to a hospital and visit sick children in a hospital. And then with that, now let us take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Just a friendly reminder that it's probably a good idea to put our cell phones away when we're in Jummah. Yes, in any case, we praise and, and, and express our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So what am I talking about, my beloved brothers and sisters? How to navigate through life with a smile on your face. How to navigate through life, dealing with whatever it is that life throws against you. In one way, again, focus on gratitude. In another way, if you need to, put yourself in the company of people who have less. And a third way is actually kind of difficult. A third way is to find people who seem to have more akhira than you. This doesn't mean put yourself in the company of people who are more religious. Because you and I all know this, that sometimes the people who are more religious are usually a lot more boring. Okay, and so we don't want to put ourselves in their company. Okay, I'm not asking you to nod. The point here is, my beloved brothers and sisters, look for people who have more akhira. And you define what are the signs of someone who has more akhira. And usually, it's one very, very simple thing. Actually, two that are related. The people who seem to have the most calmness in their personality. The people who seem that whatever's happening, they seem to still remain calm. Does that person have more akhira than you? Maybe, maybe not. But that, the presence of that person will help you have more akhira. How? They're getting insulted, they remain calm. Things are difficult in their life, they remain calm. Life is great, they remain calm. They have a steady personality. Look for those people, to put yourself in the company of those people. And the fourth thing, first, gratitude. Second, Put yourself in the company of people who have less dunya. Third, put, your, third, put yourself in the company who have more akhira. And the fourth thing, give yourself more and more concentration and remembrance of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Because our primary relationship with the Prophet, peace be upon him, in terms of aqidah, is belief. But think of being in his company. Why did the Sahaba want to remain in his company? Think about when the Sahaba were being tortured. And he said to them, you can go to Abyssinia because there's a just king. And yet there were some Sahaba who stayed back and were willing to withstand the torture. Why are they staying back, ready to face torture? Because they want to stay in the company of the Prophet, peace be upon him. They want to stay in the company of the love of the Prophet, peace be upon him. They want to stay in the company of the tenderness of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Put the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Prophet of Allah, more in your consciousness. And that too will also help you navigate through life. And the easiest way to do that is one of two things. Number one, send salawat on the Prophet, peace be upon him, on a regular basis. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O oh Allah, we call upon you with all your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet and upon his companions, on his family and his companions, and extend the blessings in peace. And or 
read books of Shama'il, meaning look at books that give you attributes of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and then look for those attributes in other people. That his hair was kind of straight, kind of curly, not too straight, nor, nor too curly, and look for someone who has that hair, and remember the Prophet, peace be upon him. That he had a space in between the front of his teeth, and look for someone who has that, and remember the Prophet, peace be upon him. That when he stood, he was not too tall, not too short. Look for someone who has that, and remember the Prophet, peace be upon him. What am I saying is the residual benefit of this? It will make it easier for you to deal with what is happening to you in your life. And I'm saying try it. See what happens. Look for the people who walk the way he walks. Look for the people who smile the way he smiles whose nose, whose eyes, whose eyelashes might look like his, who has those people who might have the same style of gray hairs in his beard, and remember the Prophet, peace be upon him. And this will, especially compared to the other three things, it'll help you navigate through life. So with that, my beloved brothers and sisters, what is my simple reminder? That life is hitting us and hitting us and hitting us, and who knows what's going to happen in the next week and a half or the weeks after that with this election, and yes, we can get through it, but I'm saying we can still get through it with calmness in our heart, with smiles on our faces, but it takes effort. It takes effort that you and I have to do, and we can do it, inshallah. So with that, I remind you of what Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in Surah Al-Ahzab, about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُسَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم Oh Allah, we call upon you with all your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and upon his family and upon his companions, and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina adhaba nar. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life, and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. O turn of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience, and make our feet firm in the ground, and do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you. And please grant the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protection from the fire for all of our teachers, for all of our family members, and for all of the Muslims throughout the world. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqeem as-salah.